0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: The God of Israel is the God overall. That means no matter who you are, you are going to be judged by God. Ultimately, God has given all issues and matters related to judgment to his son, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ. So the question that you and I must answer, if not now, we can wait till it's too late. When we go before him and ask that question, are we going to come through judgment left to ourselves based upon our works, who we are, what we have done? We will not come through God's judgment. We will be eternally consumed and a recipient of God's punishment, His eternal punishment. We know biblically only through the Redeemer. And the Redeemer is Messiah, this anointed one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who has conquered death, meaning this. Death is the outcome of judgment, the judgment of sin. But Messiah conquered death. What does that mean? He has victory over sin. And He, through our faith, He will give us victory over sin and death in order that we will come through judgment and we will experience not eternal punishment and torment, but we will experience the eternal blessings and promises of God in His kingdom in his presence forever and ever. And realize, each person, no exception, each person makes a decision. Do I receive that salvation, that spiritual victory that has implications in every aspect, both physically and spiritually, both in this world and the world to come, or do I reject it? God has revealed it. His word declares it. But the question is are you going to believe it accept it and implement his truth of the gospel that only plan of salvation and victory are you going to receive it into your life well take out your bible and look with me to the book of psalms and psalm 75 the book of psalms and psalm 75 now the first thing that we see here in verse 1 it says to the chief musician or choir director and then we're told that this psalm has a a petition now some would suggest and we've encountered this before that it is a particular type of psalm a psalm which pleads to God do not utterly destroy don't destroy but but save preserve teach us and cause us to to, to be overcomers so he says here look again to the chief musician and then we have that phrase do not destroy and the implication is do not utterly destroy and then it says a psalm we know who the author is asaf a psalm of asaf and then we have that last term, shear, which is a song. So this psalm is a melody. It is a song of judgment. But we can find, instead of a consuming judgment, we can find vindication. Now, judgment in the sense of condemnation and vindication, they're all related to judgment. We want to be vindicated by God and through the work of messiah now verse 1 in the hebrew bible concludes in most bible it continues on to where it says we give thanks to you O god and the question that we have to ask ourselves is this for what reason is the psalmist and those who are with him reciting the psalm for what reason are they giving thanks God. And as I've said so frequently, there are two primary reasons to give thanks to God. One is who he is. Now, God doesn't have to do anything to be worthy of our praise, our gratitude, our worship, simply because he is God. But in addition to that, and again, that's enough. But in addition to that, We can praise God and give him thanks for what he does. His work, both in the past, present, and in the future. So God's work also, also is a reason to praise him. His work is always going to, in the end, manifest his righteousness, establish righteousness in his creation. So look again, it says... We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks. And notice this next part, Kerov, Shimcha," which means near or close is your name. Now, how should we understand that phrase? Close is your name. Most scholars agree that when a name appears, it's related to character. So God's character, which is related to his presence, is near. When it says your name is near, it's talking about God's character is going to fill this creation. Now, we say in the synagogue three times a day, this phrase, holy, 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 is the Lord God of hosts. The whole world is full of his glory. Now, God filling creation with his glory is related to His kingdom establishment. Him establishing His kingdom. A kingdom of glory. So many believe where it says, Kerov Shemecha, it's speaking about the fact that God's kingdom is near. And in light of God's presence, notice what it says, tell, and this is a word to, to recite, tell of your wonders. And what it's saying is this, we should be the ones who tell of all of your wonders how god has done everything perfectly in order to establish this coming kingdom he's done the work and from our vantage point all that work has been completed the only thing left is for god the father to give that command for the son to establish that kingdom and do everything that's related to the establishment of that kingdom. And what is that? Judge. God's judgment through Messiah will bring about the establishment of his kingdom. Let's move on to the next verse where it says, For I will take the appointed day. Now, it literally says, I will take. And what it means here is that God is going to take that appointed time. That word moed, it can be related to an appointed time as in a festival or, in this case, God's appointed time for judgment. And when it says, I will take, meaning that time of God's judgment, how can we think of God's judgment? God setting things in order, putting all in its proper place. I've said, don't expect justice in this world. This is a sin-stained world full of corruption, full of pain and sadness and sorrow and death and sickness and crime and all that which relates to these things. But God will, in the end, set aside all those things. He will bring about His righteous rule. And that's what He means when He says, for I will take that appointed time and I will judge who? I will judge the upright. And here, this concept for I will judge has the, the meaning in practice that I will vindicate. I will justify the upright ones, meaning they're going to get what they have coming to them. And what is that? Well, the upright are those that have become upright not through their actions alone but through the grace of god by being recipients of his forgiveness his mercy which caused them to become a new creation what type of new creation a kingdom creation so here in in this verse where it says i the upright i will judge And what's going to happen to to this world where he says, earth, meaning his creation, is going to melt away and all those who reside in it. And the implication is this. If you belong to this world, if this world is your hope, now for me personally, and I hope this is true for you as well, our hope Our citizenship is not in this world i know something i have read the book of revelation and i know that in a moment god is going to bring everything that this world values to nothingness he is going to destroy the value that this world places upon it so if my hope is in this world i'm going to be thoroughly disappointed but praise God, my hope isn't in this world or anything related to it. It is in the kingdom and those who are kingdom people. I rejoice that I'm going to spend eternity with you, the fellow believers, in a place of perfection and righteousness where the presence of God will be there. His character and his glory is going to illuminate his kingdom. That's our hope. So in regard to this world, it says the earth, and it means the fullness of the earth, all that relates to the earth, this world is going to melt away and all its inhabitants. And I, so speaking about God, now probably God, the son, I, and it means to set firmly, to establish thoroughly. I will, will establish thoroughly. It's, it's pillars, Selah. And what God is saying is the foundation of his kingdom, he is going to establish firmly. That means that that kingdom is secure. It's not going to fall away. It's not going to collapse. It's not going to, to have any cracks in it. It is a kingdom of perfection. God is establishing the very pillars of it, the foundation for it look on to the next verse i have said again god speaking i have said to and this is a word for those who are praising but not praising god but praising themselves those who are boastful those who are full of pride and notice what he says i have said to and we will translate it the proud ones do not Do not be proud, don't be boastful, don't be praising yourself and to the wicked ones. And it's not speaking about a different group. This word and as a conjunction can be thought of at times as even. So these ones who are praising themselves, they are wicked ones, why? There's nothing in me worthy to praise. I am dust and I am am full of of sin. And it's only because of the work of God. And he deserves all the praise, not me, for anything that is pleasing to him in my life. So he gets all the praise. We ought not be praising ourselves. And that's why he says, even the wicked ones do not uh, lift up And we have a word here karen which means horn but it's basically self-exaltation those things the essence of who you are that you think is is worthy to be lifted up calling attention to yourself now the term horn karen in hebrew is a word that's going to appear a few times in this this psalm and it speaks about the very essence now the karen or the horn of salvation, which belongs to Messiah, is indeed worthy to be praised. It is the essence of Messiah who is victorious. So this horn can speak about something that is truly praiseworthy, the work of Messiah, or something that is is not praiseworthy, and that is the essence of who we are in and of ourselves. He goes on to say, Do not lift up on high, your horn again you don't belong there you're not praiseworthy we're called to live a praiseworthy life but we're not praiseworthy in and of ourselves it's only messiah in us the holy spirit that gives us any value whatsoever and then he says you shall not speak with a a outstanding or an outstretch would be a better way and outstretched neck. And this is just an idiom in Hebrew which relates to self-exaltation, calling attention to yourself, putting yourself first, putting yourself above others. So he says, do not do that. Don't stick out your neck in a prideful way, in a way that causes attention to yourself. Next verse. For not from the east nor the west and nor in the the desert mountains meaning in the south so not in any of these places three directions normally there's four but three is for the purpose of revealing something and what is he revealing that that not from this world is judgment coming it's not coming from anything that's connected you won't see it in this world but rather notice what he says but God judges he is going to enter into this world not of this world but over this world he transcends all things and it says here and whenever the present tense as Christian scholars call it the present participle whenever that grammatical construction appears there is significance and what it's drawing to our attention the significance is God he judges and what's he gonna do? Make a distinction. It says, this one he he brings low, it's a word of humiliation, and this one he raises up. Now it doesn't happen in a vacuum, meaning God just doesn't say freely, based upon his sovereignty, and and devoid of his foreknowledge, devoid of who he's speaking to. God just doesn't say, you I'm going to exalt and you I'm going to humiliate. Because I'm God, I can do that. I just choose according to what I want. That's not what the Scripture's saying. There's a foundation for God exalting one and and condemning and humiliating another. And it's all based upon his judgment. Now, in the next verse verse uh, 8 in Hebrew, I believe 7 in others. It speaks about uh something different. Perhaps verse 9 in Hebrew and 8 in others where it says, "For the cup is in the hand of the Lord." Now, that phrase, again, I believe verse 8 in your Bibles, "The cup," and this is a cup that is full of God's wrath, full of his judgment. And what it's saying here, the purpose of this psalm is for us to realize, and this is certainly relevant for our generation, that God's judgment is near. God's judgment is coming. So he says, for the cup is in the hand of the Lord and the wine. Now we see that there's going to be wine and we have the word chamor. That word chamor means that wine, which is is praiseworthy in taste, the very best. So God has, and we're going to see this, the very best to give as rewards. And this has been fully mixed. So it's this wine that is is praiseworthy in its taste. It's been fully mixed and it's going to be poured out from it, meaning from the cup but now instead of this fine praiseworthy wine that has been perfectly mixed what do we see here well we see in the second part of this verse where it says but and this is speaking about those who belong to the world it says but it's dregs now what is the dregs this is the sediment this is the part that, that settles on the body, the bottom of, of the barrel, the wine barrel. And I have here, I looked up this word in, in Evan Shoshan, which is a dictionary, Hebrew dictionary. This is what it says. The, the part that is most unpleasant, most unsatisfying. And this is in regard to God's judgment upon who were come to this. He says, but it's dregs. They will find, they will drink. Who? Who's going to get that that, that unpleasant part of God's judgment? It says, Ko all the wicked ones of the earth. And the important thing here is of the earth, they belong to this world. They have no kingdom connection. And again, I cannot over estimate the or overemphasize would be a better way of saying it i cannot overemphasize the importance of being an individual that is not connected to this world but connected to the kingdom and and if you are you're going to know it you're going to have a relationship with that king of the kings the king of this kingdom god's kingdom messiah yeshua move on to the next verse he says And I will declare forever. Now, forever can also be understood as for the sake of the kingdom. All of this has to do with God's desire to establish the kingdom. And we see so frequently in the gospel how Messiah, he did things and he taught things that were related to the kingdom, that had a kingdom aspect about it. So it's not surprising to us when he says, and I will declare forever, meaning for eternity. That's a kingdom word. And I will praise what? I will praise the God of Jacob. Now here we have kind of the psalmist oftentimes speaking and speaking for God. But here he's speaking more of himself, that he is going to declare in regard to that kingdom. And he says, I, in light of this kingdom that's coming, I will praise the God of Jacob. Now, why the God of Jacob? Well, Jacob does not mean deceiver, surplanter, anything like that. The name Jacob means to pursue after. And the God of Jacob is the one who remains true to his faith, he waits patiently because he knows that God is going to establish God in the same way that that Jacob was interested committed in pursuing the things of God God is not going to rest God's not going to stop until he does what's necessary that that kingdom is established so it speaks of the God of Jacob speaks about the God who is is persistent and perseveres to bring about the fulfillment of his will and now let's look at that last verse verse 11 in hebrew 10 in most bibles where it says which means and all the horns remember that word for the essence so the very essence all the essence of the wicked ones what is god going to do Well, this is a word to to cut down, like to cut down, chop down a tree at the very uh, low part of its stump. And all you see is evidence that it was, but no more. And that is futility. Your life, you have lived, but no more if you rejected the gospel. All there's going to be is a testimony of your destruction. Now, remember, the psalmist begins, Asaf begins, do not destroy utterly. And the message is, there's a way to, to not experience that, that total judgment. And how is that? Well, notice what he says at the end. Te romena kar karnot sadik, which means... I'll change the order to go with the normal English rendering where it says, the horns of the righteous. Now, the righteous can refer to its singular. Very significant that when we look at the Rishayim, it's in the plural. But when we speak about the righteous, it's the righteous one. And this could be a reference, and I would suggest it is, to Messiah that the very essence, the abundance essence of Messiah, it says here, this is going to be raised up. This horn of Messiah, and it's in the plural, the horns of Messiah, to speak about his abundance. And, and he's going to be raised up. That is honored. That is lifted up, exalted. And here's the good news. Those who belong with him and to him, are going to experience this same benefit that we're going to share in the faithful work of Messiah, the outcome of that faithful work. We're going to be recipients. So what this psalmist is telling us is this. It is only through this this righteous one, Messiah Yeshua, Christ Jesus, that we're going to come through judgment. We're not going to be like, all those who belong to the world, those wicked ones. We are going to be different. We are going to understand who we are in Messiah, that we are forgiven, that we are recipients of his mercy and his grace. And all of that based upon what he has done has changed us and given us a new identity. And that new identity disconnects us from this world. We're of this world, meaning we live in it, but we are not the citizens of it. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are kingdom bound and we're kingdom people and we live not according to the principles of this world, but according to the truth of the kingdom. And we know something. We suffer because of that, but so what? That suffering is not worthy to be compared to that future glory that we're going to have in that kingdom. And secondly, all of that suffering, it is temporary. And it's going to be seen as a vapor, as a twinkling of an eye compared to the eternity of blessings and receiving the promises of God and this wonderful eternity. And that's what it is, eternity. That we're going to have with him so let's choose wisely do not allow the things of this world to deceive you and cause you to emphasize the world and the things that belong into it by ignoring the kingdom and the promises that are attached to it kingdom promises are where you're going to find that eternal joy and those kingdom promises are going to be the foundation for us praising God forever and ever for who He is and how He blesses His covenant people. Well, I'll close with that. Until next week, Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website